two groups of people diverge. One seeks to cling to Eden. The other looks to their own power for salvation. Violence, technology, monkeys, God's plan, and more on this week's episode of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Stick around. You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 23 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Before we jump right into things, as always, I want to remind you that if you are not subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, go ahead and take a moment to do that now. And even if you're feeling saucy, go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes, and we'll be forever grateful for that. And I've got yet another thing reminding you to do. Get ready to hear this every episode. Go ahead and check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. If you type in the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast onto any of those platforms, you'll see our profile. Go ahead and subscribe there. I'm not sure what we're going to post on those platforms just yet, but when we do, you will be there. <laughs> we're on uh, those platforms. I didn't know we were on those platforms. You guys didn't know that. We had social media platforms. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I'm full of surprises. You guys didn't know we had those platforms. I'm a fan already. <laughs> there we go. I don't I don't like right. my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You've got to use the available technology which kind of like fits in line with where we're going. Oh, nice segue, sir. Yeah. Every now and again, I've got one. You know what? Speaking of technology, uh, I've been outsourced. Yeah. But I'll say, Nathan, I think you've lost a job (laughs) because now (laughs) Matt's coming in with the segues. It was inevitable. Mm. All right. And are we still in chapter four this week? Yes, we are. We're in uh, today. We're going to try to finish chapter four, uh, Genesis four seventeen through twenty six. Gandalf, you want to read that for us? Uh, well, I I will read, and I'm ex- I'm a bit excited to read because this is normally I'll confess to you guys. Like I skip straight after after uh, Abel bites the dust, I go straight to the flood. So now we're forcing me to read some stuff. Yeah, you captured something though. People go straight from uh, Cain killing Abel to the flood. And they miss some really good stuff. Where hopefully we demonstrate that they miss some really good stuff um, in between. Well, and you know what? I, I'm reading ahead a little bit on these verses, and you know what? I'm going to say I think that our our resident Hebrew expert, our Hebrew scholar, should read this. I second that motion. My degree is in New Testament and Greek. yeah so there's no way to do justice to the names because if you read them uh you know you know very strictly by hebrew pronunciation it makes no sense to english listeners so i'm gonna i'm gonna compromise and just you know totally illegitimate both pronunciation system systems but i tell people just move through them quickly and with confidence and no one will question you that's right. Well, um, I mean, you know, at least I know this. Indiana Jones did tell me that uh, there's no J sound. Yeah, but then it replaced that with an I, and that's Latin. That's not Hebrew either. <laughs> okay, you are, you've convinced me you're the right man for the job. Every, so go ahead, there go there ahead. you go. Everything <laughs> go ahead, I know is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll read it today. Genesis 4, 17 through 26. And to remind our listeners, we are reading from the ESV. 
It says Cain was intimate with his wife, and she conceived. Uh, but you are not. Uh, Nathan, you are not reading from the ESP. <laughs> but oh, you are I'm not reading this. from the ESP. All right, cut that, cut that, cut that. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know. I had the CSB. All right, I will read these verses and uh, Genesis 4, 17 through 26. And reminder to our listeners, we are reading from the ESV. It says, Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch. And when he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Erod, and Erod fathered Mahujael, and Mahujael fathered Methushael, and Methushael fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Adah, and the name of the other was Zillah. Adah bore Yaval. I'm mixing uh, Hebrew and English, even though I said I wasn't going to. Uh, Adah bore, let's say, Jabal. Uh, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play the lyre and pipe. Zillah also bore Tubal-Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. And at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Very good, Nathan. I knew you were the right man for the job. Uh, there's no way I would have been able to get through that one. Well, this stuff is like chock full of stuff. And it's, you know, this is the uh, the flyover country when it comes to, you know, reading the Bible through, as Gandalf has mentioned. But there is a comparison and contrast that is going on here, and we're actually going to start at the end. So, uh, Nathan, we talked about it before the episode. Uh, help us see the comparison and contrast by looking there towards the end of this passage. Yeah, so what's neat is the very last two verses of this chapter, Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son. The last time Adam knew his wife is when Cain was born in the text, right, at the beginning of chapter 4. Um, so Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. What's interesting is Seth is really not unpacked until chapter 5, and it is Seth's genealogy rather than Cain's that is the successor to Adam's genealogy. Cain doesn't become part of that equation. So it's real interesting to me that even before Seth's uh, lineage is unpacked in chapter 5, you have these two little verses that throw him in, almost as a direct contrast to the story that's being told about Cain's lineage. Hey, Nathan, um, just to point out what you're saying, because you pointed this out before the episode, is that chapter 5, verse 1, it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam, and it doesn't include Cain. Like, it's really specific. Cain is left out of Adam. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a feeling that the, the Thanksgiving dinners were kind of awkward with Cain. After the whole <laughs> Abel thing. Yeah, there yeah, it is. Yeah, after the whole Abel incident. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, so, I, but I, I, Matt, I think that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I think the, the text is capturing that. Uh, something is going wrong with Cain's lineage, and Abel, uh, excuse me, and Seth 
who is born uh, in some sense as a replacement. His name literally means appointed. There's a play on words there uh, because the Hebrew for Seth sounds like the Hebrew for he appointed. Um, so Seth is the appointed child to replace what was lost when Abel was killed by his brother. Um, and I think it's interesting, most, almost every translation, we looked at several before we started recording, and they miss the end of 26. The Lexham English Bible is the only one I think we consulted uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't make this leap. Uh, it says, to Seth also was born, uh, to Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. And at that time, most translations, including the ESV, say people began to call on the name of the Lord. But both in the Hebrew Old Testament and in the Greek Septuagint, translating the Hebrew, the word people never occurs. That's an interpretive leap, kind of what we talked about uh, last week. Um, In the Hebrew, it just says, and in the Greek, it just says, at that time, he began to call upon the name of the Lord. Suggesting that Enosh or potentially Seth. Exactly. Either either Seth or Enosh, Enosh, however you want to pronounce it. Um, it's, it's capturing a singular individual standing in contrast to the overall flow of how society is developing. Right? Mm, um, that's good. And, and so, in other words, Cain, Cain not only sins, he sets in motion this type of sinful activity that we see culminating in today's passage uh, with, with Lamech, right? Yeah, Lamech sounds like a, a wonderful man. Uh, <laughs> that, that was sarcasm, by the uh, way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, on behalf of which of his wives are you speaking? Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's let's go back from there since we're kind of reverse engineering that. Let's go back and see how this bears out in the passage, Matt. Well, one of the things that we we talked about, like names for this episode, and I think we've settled on, you know, we built this city because we're going to talk about and see today the rise of culture. And if you're wondering, hey, what is Genesis 4 all about? Well, it's going to talk about where culture and technology starts and cities begin to appear. I I think what's interesting, too, about that is um, when we think of building a city, what is it? It's a permanent place, right? In fact, I love how John Walton says that Genesis 1 reads like uh, like a building project. Um, God, God had built a permanent place, right? This is the first permanent place that's been built, but this one's not built by God. It's built by Cain. In fact, some, uh, interpreters really even captured this. They said God had marked Cain as a wanderer and some marked the fact that Cain built a city at all as a further act of sinful rebellion. Not, not that cities, not that buildings are inherently evil, uh, but the context in which the activity occurs. And it, also what we see here, because we talked about another name for the podcast, was the de-evolution of man. Because Cain, in this like poisonous line, Cain has like poisoned the well, so to speak, and we see all of these negative things, warfare, weapons. Uh, we, we see... We, we uh, got polygamy. even cornier... We got even cornier than that. We said the devil-lution. <laughs> the the devil, yeah. <laughs> well, so what's also interesting is that when Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch, well, what's interesting is how this is framed with Adam's line. There's also an Enoch in Adam's line, and we know from later in the New Testament and also from extra-testamental writings, uh, intertestamental writings, is that 
the later Enoch would be a prophet. He would be a teacher of righteousness. So Enoch's name, the etymology of his name means teaching. So it's interesting as you look at these two genealogies. But what's being taught? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have this first Enoch that is teaching, in a sense, almost like the ways of Cain. And then mm. at the end of Adam's genealogy, you have this last Enoch that is, is this teaching the way of righteousness, like trying to call the world back to repentance, because the, the ways of Cain are learned by his progeny, and the de-evolution starts. Yeah, I think that's neat. By the way, it's, it's uh, I, I didn't think to mention this before, but it is interesting since you bring up the teaching thing, mm -hmm. uh, that this is teaching in the context of Cain being made a wanderer. In other words, he has to travel or walk east of the garden. Uh, mm -hmm. Most in, in antiquity, the, uh, they didn't call them philosophical schools so much. They were ways of living, right? They were teaching a way to see and interact with the world. It was literally peripatetics, ways of walking about. Uh, and so Cain's uh, traveling mindset, even when Cain settles down and builds the city, um, he, he passes on a way of walking about to his descendants. Does that make sense? Like Paul often even says in the New Testament, pay careful attention then to how you walk, like in Ephesians 5, or walk in this way. Uh, and he uses the Greek verb peripateo. So anyway. Also, the remember the ground was cursed, or actually the ground cursed Cain. The ground was cursed on account of man, but now Cain and his line are even feeling, in a sense, a, a, a greater curse of that as they get further from Eden and go out into the wilderness. And so it's interesting that technology rises, at least according to the Bible, technology and culture rise out of not being close to Eden, but far from Eden. Like they were made and they were made in response to getting farther away. Like yeah, you know, that, they, that they have to make a, all these things because the ground's cursed. That's right. So there's, there's a it's like it, there was a need, so to speak, and as a the part of the fallout, this stuff happens, and so we don't necessarily we shouldn't have the takeaway of well, this means that all people who use tools and we shouldn't use musical instruments or we shouldn't do this. That shouldn't be our takeaway, but it it is seeing that. We're going to see later in the scripture the inclusion of talking about metals and, more importantly, precious metals and beautiful songs and all those. And it's going to be in the city of God. So in a sense, it's almost like they're building a not a heaven on earth, because I don't think it was that heavenly. But it this is like some Romans 1. Is that fair, Nathan? Some Romans 1 is happening here. The further they get from God... Yeah, the so they, they, they exchange God's standard and God hands them over to the consequences of that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying because yeah. this tech, I don't think technology is inherently wrong. However, technology cannot stop the de-evolution of man, the de-evolution of moral conscience. It can only prop things up. You don't need it, those things in the garden when creation is cooperating with your activity, right? Correct. And so it's it's the the very fact that these things are being engineered is capturing the loss of a previous state. Uh, now God does not reject technology. Uh, biblically, God redeems technology, right? Correct. Uh, God redeems uh, all all this stuff. Um, I do love the contrast. Um, you know, when when God's permanent place Eden is lost, 
Uh, now Cain's uh, sinful descendants set up a almost a it's almost a juxtaposition. Uh, you know, these two things stand alongside each other because eventually God himself will have a city that he will have built, right? Uh, that mm. will be another window uh, into a, a renewed Eden, Jerusalem. Uh, and how does the Bible end, right? With the heavenly city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down. Um, so again, it, it's not that these things are inherently evil, uh, but like you said in an earlier episode, good without God never results in uh, a happy ending. Mm. Well, as a technology director here at the church that Matt preaches at, I'm very glad to hear you say that, Nathan. There it is. Yeah. That was going to be an awkward episode if Matt took the yeah, word technology you know. is evil. Technology <laughs> is evil. Gandalf in the background. Forgive me while I update my resume in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so also in looking at bronze and iron, and uh, Kenneth Matthews, going back to him again, that I think the takeaway here is not just for for tools, that this is warfare as well, because in the very next verse, we hear about Lamech killing. And he's, yeah, we and see he, what the tools are for. Yeah, he's, he's bragging about it, that this technology led to essentially a Zilla, or not, not Zilla, excuse me, Lamech, becoming a demigod. And as Lamech gets further from God, his view of humanity around him, now he's accumulating women-like property. He has two wives, according to the text. This is the first place in the Bible where we see polygamy. And then also, he has a low view of humankind around him because he he murders a guy. There's no indication that this is like a a just killing. Uh, This is this is murder. Yeah, I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. Like this is like he went too far defending his honor. Yeah, right. He's de- and so as as the rise of this the pride of life that comes here, it's not only caused suffering in between the man and God, but the man and those around him. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is exactly like uh, the beginning of two thousand one, a space odyssey, right? Where you have like. The monkeys oh, yeah. all all sitting down there, and then the one touches the monolith, and all of a sudden, oh, I've got you know the bone club. Yeah, they get and the now. Bone I'm club. the top. I'm the top monkey now. Oh, so true. Can, can I be the Can I be the luddite of this podcast and say I I struggle? I've tried several times to make it through 2001: A Space Odyssey, and just cannot. Do oh, it. if I can't sleep at night, I throw it on because it puts me to sleep. <laughs> well, one one thing I will say. Uh, about Lamech is he seems to me like a guy he very, certainly is very boastful you know even going as far as to boast about killing this young man but he also seems like he's one-upping everything because he's the first guy he's like okay everyone else has got one wife I got two wives yeah I've got oh, two what you if Cain's, about that? If Cain's it, revenge is sevenfold well guess what mine is 77 fold that's, that's exactly right. right and that's not just so if I have two wives I have double the children like it's mm. this whole idea of 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 taking over, spreading your own name, it's it's the it's the exact opposite of of the union that you see uh, ordained and instituted uh, in Genesis two, right? Uh, in other words, for for Lamech, uh, the the woman, the wife, is not an eater for him. It is a means of boasting in himself. It is a means of making more of himself, of increasing his own status. Mm. Um, Eats or means helper. Right? Helper, and these yeah. are the, He sees these 
Ada and Zilla as his trophies. And then he's also giving himself a trophy for like saying, hey, look what I did in my anger. I'm so awesome. I'm so wonderful. Just typical yeah, he, demagogue talk. This is kind of your typical right? Gaston character. <laughs> like no if, if we want to go be like Lumac, <laughs> yeah, that's a, commit to the song, Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. like uh, when I when, every time I read the story of Lumac, I, I always think of Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Yes, that, uh, and I and fit. I really want I really want Gandalf to completely parody like write all the lyrics for the Lumac song. And, and it also <laughs> is funny because he's like claiming divine protection. It's almost like uh, yeah. he's like assuming that hey, look. Because I'm so talented, I'm so strong, I'm so powerful, God clearly is with me. Because he, he takes the whole mercy that was shown his grandfather, Cain, and use it as it, uses it as a, a badge and an excuse to do horrible things. In fact, I was looking for a quote beforehand on the, uh, on the internet before we did this, and it was interesting, a quote actually from Adolf Hitler came up. And this is one oh, I'm not, yeah. One I was not familiar with. And the with. podcast went in a dark direction. Yeah, that's right. But but listen, this is this is scary. Adolf Hitler, who says, I'm not under the special protection of God. That's Yikes. chilling. That's oh, chilling. So, so so what you're saying about Lamech is uh in boasting about if Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy sevenfold. It was God who told Cain that I'm looking out for you, I'm gonna protect you. But you right. see Lamech uh essentially completely abusing that grace. Well, if, that's right. If, if Cain's revenge was going to be sevenfold, even though God is nowhere mentioned, Lamech saying mine will be 77 fold. Oh, it's, it's almost like he sees it as like an endorsement or like a badge of honor. He's like, okay, well God gave for killing that one guy, God gave Cain, you know, sevenfold revenge. Well, guess what? Now I'm getting 77 fold. So it's all, it's like he completely misses the point of mm. the grace that he was, that Cain was shown as most sociopaths do. So, so Lamech is set up as is to be the juxtaposition for the very next verse, which is talking about the introduction of Seth. Let me throw in one thing here, because typically any like time you like stop the car and get out in Genesis four, it's typically just to answer the question, "Hey, where did Cain get his wife?" That's typically the only reason people stop in Genesis four to mm. ponder the red herring and look at it and say, "Wow, isn't that strange?" Um, and there there are answers there, and we can talk about a few of those here in a second. But what we're suggesting, this is why, from the flow of this text, it's clear why the author is putting it here, and it has nothing to do with where Cain got his wife, and everything to do with where technology, cities, evil, the de-evolution de of man, the morality, all those things, and how it is contrasted by um, the godly line of Adam that is going to call on God. The, uh, the godly line of Seth from Adam, yeah. Right. Godly line of Adam, yeah, from Seth. Again, the last time it says that Adam knew his wife, it was when Cain was born. And now Adam mm -hmm. knows his wife and Seth is born, who will be the God-appointed alternate um, for Cain's way of living and, and that of his descendants. And, you know, something we talked about before the podcast is how, you know, the the author of Genesis will sometimes skip ahead and... Oh yeah, throw something in, in order in order to make his own point. So this would be the second time, right? This is yeah, the second at the time end the of author... Genesis two, we talked about the author jumping forward and saying, "For this reason, a man should leave his father and mother." So you're saying that's happening again here? Yeah, because it, it, he's like because we haven't gotten to the genealogies that are coming next, right? So he's jumping forward in order to draw this comparison. Yeah, that's a good catch. 
Well, it's kind of like, you guys know the trope of breaking the fourth wall, right? You've heard that phrase before. Yeah. Right? When, it, when a narrative acknowledges that it knows that it's a narrative, it's, mm. almost, it's almost like in the narrative of the Bible, like the author, the author of Genesis knows that he's writing down an account that other people are going to be looking to right. for, for truth later. So he's like, okay, I'm putting that in. I know that you're all reading this right now. Right. And so also, so if we want to go back to our polemic language, okay, let's remember, regardless of when this was written, I personally think that most likely uh, this is written by Moses. Uh, but there had to have been, with the way that Genesis is written, there had to at least have been some editing going on during the exile. That's where I am personally. So it's a little mixture of both. Uh, but all of it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'm not hung up on stuff like that. I, I believe that the Bible we have is the one God wants us to have. Um, however, there there's some polemic here because the whole idea, even though the flood is going to come and wipe all of this out, it's the cultures that are surrounding Israel are boasting in their cultural arts and advances but rather than leading them to God, it's going to lead them into idolatry. Yeah. So there's something here in Genesis 4 that's saying, hey, listen, um, this can well, be a very bad thing. <laughs> and I, I keep going. I think we mentioned it in the very uh, first episode of the show, but I always go to Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Because uh, we'll talk about Babel, the same Hebrew word that's later used for Babylon. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the Babylonian exile, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar exports uh, the best and brightest, you know, Daniel and his friends, uh, tempts them with food that's very, you know, Garden of Eden-like. What, what is Babylon's famous architectural feature that it's remembered for? It's hanging, hanging gardens. gardens. Yeah. And when, they, when, you, when you have these empires, these cities, uh, good without God, back to Matt's language, um, you just captured it. It almost always results in idolatry because just a few chapters later, what does Nebuchadnezzar do? He sets up a statue of himself to be worshipped as a god. If you skip forward to chapter 6 and verse 5 where the story picks up, it says, And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So I think if there's a a pastoral takeaway here, is that when we talk about trajectories, this whole idea that Adam has a son named Cain, Cain has a son that he names Enoch. So now, you know, the the son that Adam had in his likeness was Cain. Uh, Or no, that would be Seth. That comes later in this chapter. But but Cain's son, this teaching of these wicked ways, it all goes somewhere. It all goes somewhere. It's not like a zero-sum thing. It's not like, well, there was evil in that generation, and then, you know, we started over with the next generation. The de-evolution goes somewhere, and it culminates in violence on the earth. Mm. And we'll see that even after, you know, you talked about starting over. Well, we'll see post-flood. They get right back to it, almost right. like narratively, almost immediately. Yeah. So I, I, again, I, I, I think, I think uh, the second half of chapter four is 
uh, you know, in the span of one chapter, Genesis chapter three, they cheat on their diet. Big deal, right? Then Genesis four, at the beginning of the chapter, brother kills brother. Ooh, that escalated. And then by mm-hmm. the end of Genesis four, you've got Lamech um, who's saying, man, I'm, I'm so much badder than Cain was. Well, man, what comes a couple generations after that kind of thinking, right? Yeah. Hey, so before um, we end this episode, just because I, I want to be fair to our listeners, because I know people ask this question, uh, where did Cain get his wife? Uh, have you ever thought about that one, Gandalf? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I have. What's your go-to answer? And go, or excuse me, what's your go-to answer? Mail order bride. <laughs> my go-to answer is to redirect my thoughts elsewhere mm-hmm. because I've not seen a, a I've not seen an answer that I've become convinced of. Mm, that's good. Ooh, wow. That's a, that's an educated answer. <laughs> well, you know, this kind of goes back before you say whatever it is you're going to say, man. I'm sure you're going to illuminate this kind of this kind of question and this line of thinking. Kind of reminds me of what we said in the very very first the uh, the proto podcast um, episodes that we recorded. We talked about, you know, not losing sight of the forest for the trees, right? You know, w- clearly it wasn't it wasn't the the answer that the author is trying to deliver, right? Like it's not his job. He's saying it's not my job that I'm trying to tell you right now. Where did Cain get his wife? I'm trying to tell you here's the de- evolution of man as we move farther away from the garden. So I guess that's what I'm thinking now is that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's bad to seek those answers, but I'm just saying that's really not the point of these. It's passages, it's a first world right? answer, like first world problem. Like we're worried about this in the modern world. I just don't think that was a beautiful dodge, uh, Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I'm going to be a politician when I grow up. <laughs> now for this week's answer to the scandalous question, here's Matt Powell. <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all going to make me answer this one too? Oh, oh my goodness! You brought, you brought it up. up. Well. The first answer that Gandalf gave is the appropriate one. It's it's hard to answer a question that the author was not asking. So this is a question we're asking, and I just don't think ancient people were, so it is a dodge. I think the go-to answer is most likely he married his sister. That seems to be the, the Based on Genesis 5-4, the days of Adam. Right. Yeah, 5-4, And there's also a pattern of this. You know, Abraham is going to marry his half-sister. You know, if we're scandalized, oh, my gosh, you can't marry a sister. Well, you know, this is before the law uh, that was given to not intermarry. And also, if Adam and Eve are the only human beings on the earth, there's not a whole lot of options. It's, yeah, and that's uh, that's my thing. I, I, I go with, even if it's not satisfying, I go with he married a sister. Uh, right. the, the closest thing we have in the text is Genesis 5-4, uh, the days of Adam after he fathered Seth. Seth were 800 years and he had other Other sons sons and daughters. daughters. Um, So that's the closest thing we have in the text to even talking to it. Um, And if we don't say it's a sister, then you have another created pair. And that not only complicates theology outside of the text, that complicates the story being told in the text. Right. So, but what Gandalf said too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there are other answers that, you know, for, you know, was there another race of humanity going on there? Was it, and, and they get all complicated and convoluted and smart and godly people hold them. I, I, the quick go-to answer that is satisfying enough for me to not worry about it is the one I gave. Yeah, that's, that's solid. And, you know, we've said it many times and, you know, we'll end this episode saying it again. 
you know, uh, don't get bogged down in these details and miss the narrative that's trying to be laid out here, right? The, yeah. These words are put down for a reason. And the words, the things they choose to omit and the things they choose to put down are all in line with the grand story that's being told here. So, yeah. Uh, and all the more the reason to pay attention to what's there rather than what's not. Yeah. Indeed. A, against the flow of the way society is going with Cain, God is appointing a different way with the provision of Seth, I think. Yeah. And they call where Cain runs from these stay in Eden and call on God. Mm. Yep. And we're going to see the genealogies of that line in next week's episode. So once again, if you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe now and we will see you guys next episode. Bye. Next time. See you. Shalom. No one wise like Lamech stabs with knives like Lamech. No one delights in taking other lives like Lamech. Okay. That was pretty good. The fact that you came up with that on the fly while still talking. Yeah. That is is amazing to me. That is. That is so sad.